break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here on The Punch-Out, 19th of August, 2021. Very happy to be back with you here on the show Plenty for you here on the show, as we always have for you. We're going to be talking about the racism and the algorithms that really are starting to control many parts of our daily lives. We're going to be talking about the serious hardship still ongoing as it relates to the economic crisis tied to the COVID-19 pandemic. But before we get to either of those two very important stories, we want to start with discussing the wildfires that are burning all across the globe. While wildfires are burning massively across the globe, and really it can only be seen as a sign of just the massive dangers of climate change. I mean, it's really just a giant red flashing light in California and Siberia, which are at the center of the firestorm sweeping the globe currently. Fires are setting or coming close to setting all-time records. In Siberia, more than 190 wildfires are burning across the vast territory, over 10 million acres, more than all other wildfires happening in the world right now, combined. Overall, wildfires in Russia this year have already exceeded more burned acres than any other time in the recorded history of that nation. Siberia's fires have sent smoke surging across the North Pole. They've shut down airports and roads and caused mass evacuations. They've dumped 800 megatons of carbon emissions into the atmosphere, more than the yearly carbon emissions of Germany, the world's sixth largest polluter. And they've created a plume of smoke that's over 4,000 miles long. The smoke reaching the North Pole is a historic first, and the particles from the soot could further accelerate the melting of sea ice, underscoring the tragic feedback loop driving climate change at a faster rate than most models have predicted. In California, the Dixie Fire, the second largest fire ever recorded there, is burning 662,647 acres and is only 35% contained. According to the Reading Record Searchlight newspaper, the fire has destroyed, quote, 1,217 structures, including 649 homes and eight multifamily residences, according to the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection. The fire threatens another 16,085 structures, including communities in Lassen, Plumas, Tahama, and Butte counties, and sites in the Lassen Volcanic National Park, end quote. The eastern arm of the fire is still burning very hot, and there are serious fears of it expanding further and causing even more devastation. Already, the fire has done damage to the California Timber Belt, a major carbon sink, and a key part of the state's climate mitigation plants. The Caldor Fire is also burning in California, almost 63,000 acres with almost zero containment. Fire officials are saying that the aggressively burning fire is behaving in unprecedented ways. Tens of thousands have had their power cut to prevent further fires, and thousands have been forced to flee. The unincorporated community of Grizzly Flats in El Dorado County was essentially wiped out. 
Just over 12,000 acres are burning all across the French Riviera, where 10,000 tourists and residents have been evacuated. Two people have died and almost 30 have been injured as thousands of firefighters continue to battle the blazes. In the past month, wildfires have ripped through Italy, Greece, Algeria, Lebanon, Turkey, and Israel. Climate change is absolutely driving the increases in fires around the globe as hotter temperatures enhance the drying of organic matter that fuels the fires and the warmer, drier conditions increase droughts and prolong fire seasons. That being said, most fires are started by various man-made causes. In the case of California, it's actually mainly the carelessness of electricity utilities that preserve their profit margins by not taking proper precautions to prevent their equipment from sparking fires. All in all, this is just one of the many wake-up calls of different extreme weather events that really should be making it abundantly clear that the climate crisis is right now and the time to act was yesterday. Well, we detailed for you yesterday how the child tax credit payments that have been coming out since mid-July were helping to take the edge off of the pandemic-induced economic hardship in the United States for many families. And we, of course, stand by that. But we also don't want to give the false impression that it's just all good. Hardship is still quite significant in the United States, as detailed by the Census Bureau's Household Pulse Survey that comes out regularly and surveys people on their economic conditions. For instance, 20 million adults... 10% of all adults in the country reported that they sometimes or oftentimes did not have enough to eat in the week before they were surveyed. When asked why, 77% reported that it was because they could not afford it. As the Center for Budget and Policy Priorities points out, the data also reflected that, quote, 9 to 14% of adults with children reported that their children sometimes or often didn't eat enough in the last seven days because they couldn't afford it, well above the pre-pandemic figure. They also note that, quote, between five and nine million children live in a household where the children didn't eat enough because the household couldn't afford it. So you get the, both the percentages and the numbers there. The center also noted that, quote, black and Latino adults were more than twice as likely as white adults to report that their household did not get enough to eat. 17 percent for black adults and 16 percent for Latino adults compared to 7 percent of white adults. Adults who identified as American Indian, Alaska Native, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander or as multiracial taken together were more than twice as likely as white adults to report that their household did not get enough to eat at 19%, end quote. And just to give you a sense of the scale here, a study by the census in 2019 laid out that 3.4% of people reported that they had not had enough to eat at some point during the past year. So not the last week, which is the surveys they're doing now, or even the last month, but over the entire year. So the hunger crisis is still quite severe. 16% of adult renters are not caught up on rent, according to the survey. That number is 24% among black renters and 19% among native renters, 18% among Latino and Asian renters. Since March of 2021, there's never been below 10 million people who are not caught up on rent. And also in the most recent survey, 21% of renters who are parents or living with children reported that they were not caught up on rent. That's compared to 12% among those who are not living with anyone under the age of 18. The data also revealed some 63 million adults, that's 27% of all adults in the country, reported that it was either somewhat or very difficult for them to cover their usual household expenses in the week before they were surveyed. Now, if you add in the number of people who said it was also a little difficult for them to do so, as the Economic Security Project did in their analysis of the numbers, 51% of people reported they were having at least a little difficulty meeting household expenses. 
Among black respondents, 42% told the census that it was either somewhat or very difficult to meet their household expenses over the last seven days, nearly double the overall average. So while there's quite a bit of economic boosterism all around these days, people talking about the economy coming back and all that, it's clear that tens of millions of people are still stuck in some pretty dire straits. As society becomes more digital, algorithms are becoming more and more a part of everything as businesses and government agencies use complex computer formulas to determine who can get what and for how much. Public Citizen has just released a very notable new study showing that algorithms are driving significant racist bias in most of these processes, or exacerbating, you should say, existing racist bias in almost all of these policies. Public Citizen notes that, quote, Algorithms are processes or sets of rules used along with data and statistical analysis and calculations for decision making. Unless they are intentionally designed to account for the legacy of and ongoing systems of discrimination, inequality, and bias, algorithms, even quote-unquote colorblind ones, will replicate and exacerbate racial inequality. Algorithmic processes are less transparent, less accessible, and more difficult to explain or understand, and thus more difficult to audit and regulate, according to the report. This lack of transparency is the reason many call them black box algorithms, because there's no way to look inside and see how the sausage is made. One of the things that Public Citizen notes is that algorithms are perversely often held out as a way of decreasing the amount of racial bias in many of these processes, which have, of course, long been discriminatory. But the effect has been, in fact, the opposite. And their main findings are certainly shocking, if perhaps not 100% surprising. Auto insurance is one of these areas, and it's more expensive. Communities of color pay 30% more for auto insurance premiums than whiter communities with similar accident costs. Credit scores are lower. White home buyers have credit scores 57 points higher than black home buyers and 33 points higher than Latino home buyers. Mortgages are also more expensive or altogether inaccessible. Because of the higher cost of discriminatory mortgage prices, Latino and black communities are paying $750 million or more each year, and at least 6% of Latino and black applications are rejected, but would have been accepted if those people had been white. Criminal justice system is... Pretty racist, we all know, but it's becoming even more punitive in the algorithmic era. Black defendants are as much as 77% more likely to be assigned higher risk scores than white defendants. And that determines many things, whether you're released on pretrial detention, sentencing, and so on and so forth. And also, black individuals were targeted by predictive policing for drug use at twice the rate of white individuals, even though, of course, there is no difference in the amount of drug use between blacks and whites. And non-black people of color were targeted at a rate that was one and a half times of white individuals. And of course, as we alluded to, and as Public Citizen points out, most of these algorithms are proprietary information. And that means that they're actually protected by private property laws, which makes it difficult, if not impossible, to see how they are made and why exactly they are so racist. And then, of course, to do something about it. Either way, this report is proof positive that there is no technological solution to the endemic racism of the United States of America. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. 
It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. 